When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 132 of the All Dolphins podcast on this Monday, November 20th, day after the Dolphins defeated the Las Vegas Raiders to move to 7-3. and three. And only four days before the next game, the first ever Black Friday game on Amazon Prime. If you live in South Florida, it's going to be available on Channel 4, which bought the local rights. Did you know, Omar, I looked this up, I remembered for a fact one game that there was another Friday game for the Dolphins because of Hurricane Wilma in 2005. A Sunday game against the Casey Chiefs was moved to Friday night in Nick Saban's first year. Dolphins lost 30-20 to and digging up some more research. That one I didn't remember off the top of my head. But the Dolphins also played a Friday game in their 1983 season finale, beat the Jets 34-14. to mm, Interesting. I, yep. How about that? And I know you're dying to How about that? How about that? Thank you. Thank you, bad baby. Um, well, let's get to number 32 because I'm curious who is your selection. You know exactly who it is. Who is it? No, I don't. You kind of prompt me towards him. Again, it's not. he's not the best number 32 in Dolphin history. By the way, for number 31 yesterday, yes, Brock Marion would have been a great choice. Yes, Norm Bulash from the 1970s, a big fullback would have been uh, also a good choice. 32, how about we'll go with a former first-round pick, Jason Allen, DB from Tennessee, who didn't really pan out with the Dolphins. Yes, he didn't pan out because he was a safety being asked to play cornerback. Then he wasn't very good cornerback. And then he was got back there to play safety. Actually got the ball. You know, he pulled down a couple of interceptions during his career, but just wasn't a really good fit for the organization at the time. Um, and that was one of those situations where, uh, Nick Saban wanted to select players that he was familiar with in the draft. And the bottom line was, I'm sorry to say it, but Jason Allen wasn't smart enough to play safety. Just, it wasn't. It wasn't, okay. Um, <laughs> Is that an agreement? I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, <laughs> here's here's the thing. You made, a good, you made a good point that in his two drafts with the Dolphins, the first-round pick in, under Nick Saban came from the SEC both times. It was Ronnie Brown in two, 2005, and it was Jason Allen in 2006. And Ronnie Brown was a good player, but he was a second overall pick in a draft that included, oh, Aaron Rodgers, who wound up going like 24, I believe, to the Packers. So anyhow, again, today is Tuesday, no, Monday, November 20th, and it's a very, very short week, a very unique week for the Dolphins playing on Friday. 
Dolphins do not have a Thursday night game this year. So this basically is the equivalent of that. And uh, Mike McDaniel spoke to the media on Monday as he does after the day after every game. And I guess the big takeaway there was the injury situation, starting with Devon Achan, where Mike McDaniel basically said it not an injury that's going to require surgery. He's day-to-day. Uh, would not rule him out playing Friday. Would not rule him in playing Friday. Basically kind of left it up in the air. And also added – oh, I completely agree with you. And added that the five players who missed the game because of injuries on Sunday against the Raiders would all be listed as questionable. That's Braxton Berrios, Chase Claypool, Durham Smythe, Robert Hunt, Robert Jones. Look at you. You're just killing it over here. The one that surprised me was Durham Smite, Um, you know, because we all would know how tough he is. But ultimately, if you think about where Mike McDaniels is and his thought process, it's about getting the guys who are important, healthy and right for the elimination games, which are on deck probably in December. Now, this isn't an important stretch because if you can go 4-0 during this stretch, you can put yourself and have yourself looking nice and pretty. Um, however, those elimination games begin in December when you hit up the Dallas Cowboys, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Buffalo Bills. And while it's not going to eliminate you from the playoffs, it's more than likely unless you flatline like you did last year about this time, you're going to get into the postseason. But this is going to ultimately determine whether or not you have home field advantage for the majority of the playoffs not necessarily the AFC championship round. And I think they got a good, good chance. I think they got a good chance. Now, if you can go four and oh, now that four and oh would get you to what? 11 11 and three. Huh? 11 and three. Yeah. 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 Um, and that just means beating the jets, taking care of business on Thursday. The jets have a hot mess at on offense, hot mess at quarterback. Uh, you really shouldn't have that much of a challenge with the Jets right now, considering they're pretty much circling the drain. All you got to lock down is Brees Hall and voila, you should have a win unless you turn the ball over like you did against uh, the, the Los Angeles Raiders. And even I'm sorry, then, the one, I'm sorry, the what Raiders? Las Vegas Raiders. I'm sorry. They, they've had so many homes. Yeah. They were Los Angeles Raiders at one point. I remember that. They were Oakland Raiders, Los Angeles Raiders, Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, yeah, there was a 30 for 30 on their years in L.A. with uh, Ice Cube. Um, no, the, no, I, I, it's, I've said all along that the Jets' defense is going to be problematic, but their offense is so dysfunctional. And that's not just the quarterback. Uh, Jets, by the way, are going to go with Tim Boyle as their new starting quarterback for this game instead of Zach Wilson. And Tim, Boys are, Tim Boyle is a journeyman who's been around the NFL since 2018, has three career starts. He's 0-3. His career passer rating is like 52. So not to be mean, but – and besides that, their offensive line is a complete and utter mess. And if you think the Dolphins have had injury issues up front with their offensive line with what's happened to Connor Williams and Teron Armstead missing games, now Robert Hunt – it's so, just as bad, probably worse with the Jets. About Isaiah Wynn? Sorry, Isaiah, Isaiah Wynn. Well, the Jets have lost Dwayne Brown, their starting left tackle from the from the opener. They lost Elijah Vera Tucker, who's probably their best offensive lineman. Mackay Becton 
sustain an ankle injury against Buffalo after being returning to the lineup. Now he's probably a question mark, probably not going to play. And Billy Turner, who former Dolphin draft pick, who was helped out, got into the starting lineup. He's hurt. I don't think he played against Buffalo yesterday. He might not play. And they were down to basically their 27th and 28th offensive lineman for that game. It's just Brees Hall can be, he's a wonderful running back. He's got practically no no shot behind an offensive line. Neither did Zach Wilson, even though he's just not a good quarterback, and neither will Tim Boyle. Yeah, what what I love about what the Dolphins have been able to do in recent weeks is they've been able to lock down and clamp down against the run. Um, 36 rushing yards yesterday against the Raiders. Uh, Josh Jacobs is is no slouch, so that was definitely something to be very impressed by. Um, And and they're moving up, drastically up. I believe they're ranked ninth against the run. Um, this season and and, and that, that's impressive but I also want to point out one thing that that I find very important and admirable and I said I t- tweeted I texted you this earlier this week because I don't think Dolphin fans really know this okay uh-huh. who is the second leading rusher in the NFL right yes. now I was very surprised you, you sent me that I was like what it's Raheem Mostert at 691 rushing yards. He's behind only Christian McCaffrey. Um, and he's also a leader in, in touchdowns in 11. And I got to tell you, I don't think we give Raheem. I know Jalen Phillips pulled down game ceiling interceptions on a two interception performance. I know Jalen Phillips pulled down two sacks and 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 a, and a gate and, and an interception that really helped the Dolphins seal up that victory. I know Tyreek Hill did what Tyreek Hill usually does, but man, you, we got to put some respect on Raheem Mostert's name and what he was able to do. Huh? Are you back on this? No, I am. I'm still on it because, bro, we watched him limp all week in practice, and then he puts the, together the effort and the performance that he did carrying a backfield that really was supposed to be in Devon Achan's hands. And not only that, did you know this? Now it's my turn to throw a nugget at you. Did you know he played a season high fifty-five snaps against the Raiders? No, I did not know that, but it, it's it's it, it's it's quite impressive, and that was out of necessity. And an injured player playing a season high fifty-five snaps, I, I I if he practices this week, I'd be shocked, just because you know that thirty-one-year-old body needs some time to rest and heal up. But I think the focus is on on you know allowing him to play the entire season. And that definitely means you're going to have to use and utilize Jeff Wilson, which I thought heading into that game was a colossal mistake to not have him active. Now you, you heard Mike McDaniel's justification on, on, on that decision. What was your take on it? Save big on your Memorial day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for three 49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, body armor, super drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, here's what he said. Basically, he said historically he's going to get more. It was actually very interesting. Historically, you're going to get more in a game out of a fifth wide receiver, who was Robbie Chosen, instead of a third running back, which basically suggests that 
Mostert and HN are one and were one and two coming into yesterday. I don't think we can debate that. That Jeff Wilson would have ranked higher than Savan Ahmed. Now we're going to ask then why wasn't Wilson active and Ahmed not in act, not active? Special teams. Special teams. Savan Ahmed played. It was ten snaps on special teams. Um, but having said that, this is where I would jump in and say. Jeff Wilson Jr. should have been active and Eli Apple should have been inactive considering he played zero snaps, none on defense, none on special teams. Nick Needham did play nine snaps on special teams. He played one snap on defense. Yeah, um, I don't disagree with you. I think there are other players that you could have, Deshaun Hand, there are other ways that you could have created a roster spot for I just felt like that was knowing where you were from an injury standpoint with, with Devon coming back from the knee injury with, with Ahmed having a rib issue um, on, on the injury report all week with ribs uh, and, and with Raheem limping around all week, like what were you doing? And ultimately it led to a miraculous performance from, from Raheem Mostert. And I'm proud of him. I think Dolphin fans should put some recognition on his name. Hell, even I would have inactivated uh, Emmanuel Agba. Like, I just thought it was a bad decision, and I hope that they've learned their mistake from that game because you cannot go into the game without at least four tailbacks, in my opinion. Mm, except that there's and, – and as you're talking, I'm, I'm remembering, except it's been done many times before. Uh, the one caveat is even though he was not on the injury report, uh, most are – our eyeballs told us he, there was something that didn't look quite right with him. HN was coming back. There was his first game back from the injury, and Ahmed was on the injury report. Then maybe in a case like this, you were on the side of caution. And again, the fact that they had so many DBs, I think they, they're, they had 11 or 12 DBs. It's an awful lot, and you wind up with a guy who doesn't play it down. So, But anyway, uh, so I think if I get the gist – you you respect what Raheem did. I'm losing my voice here. You respect what Raheem did because you've only mentioned it 23 times. So, hat tip to Raheem. Okay, the other and, time- and, and especially now that Devon is probably not going to be playing, you better have a great game plan because you're gonna. I think the elements of the game. Um, we don't know how windy it is. We don't know what the weather's going to be like. And there is some concern about Tua and cold weather games. I, I'm, I'm a Tua fan, but I'm not naive to, to, the, to that reality. Um, you, you're probably going to have to lean on that run game. And I am concerned about the run game because it, it has not looked as effective as it was looking earlier in the season. Um, and, and the offense in general has not looked as effective in, in the last month. You could say it's the caliber opponent that they played. But then you could also say it's the turnovers and shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, and it, it also I think there's something to be said for and and I looked at I'm looking at my phone here real quick. I, I, as I looked earlier at the weather forecast for for East Rutherford, New Jersey site of MetLife Stadium, actually was pretty good. So I don't think weather is going to be a major factor here. As I look here on Friday. Uh, cloudy, low of 37, high of 49. It's not terrible. Look, here's the thing. Again, I think we have to understand that what the Dolphins were doing through their first six games, through the Carolina game, offensively with the numbers they were putting up, was just crazy. Mm-hmm. And if we're being realistic with ourselves, that, that was not something – they weren't going to be at that 
rate the entire first of all because there's more and more film on them and teams adjust to the way they're defending them and then as i've said all along especially as actually both offense and passing game and running game offense are very intricate timing based offense that requires a lot of sharpness and it's yeah. really 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 tough to maintain that a throughout a game b throughout a season mm-hmm. and it may be that they're just- but but you also should be taking it to the next level you, you and I don't see that. I think you don't see that maybe because of the injuries that you have. When you don't have Durham Smite, that takes you down just a notch. Because I look at Durham Smite and Alec Ingle, those guys are the janitors, they clean up everything from protection and blocking. Um, and and then you 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 look at the offensive line, the caliber of guards has gone down. Maybe you were at a level eight and now you're at a level six. Um, that kind of handcuffs a little bit of what, what you could be playing. Uh, what you could be calling. Uh, and, and let's be honest about it. Tyreek Hill is battling a, something or a lot of things. It's not just Ferrari maintenance. Um, Dude, somehow, Except he did 10-144. I mean, I don't know how that's a factor. Yeah. It, it, so you you will say, I will put you on trial and you will say, uh, hand to the Bible, Tyreek Hill is healthy. No, I'm saying it's not affecting his performance. I mean, he's still he's still the most dominant player on the field every single solitary time he plays. So that's that's not an issue. But again, if you look back, you mentioned the injuries. Sure, that plays a part in it, and that's part of the the, the battle of sustaining what you've been able to do. And is it a coincidence that last year also that that eventually the 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 offense started fading a little bit after a, a really 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 hot start? Uh, and it was, I mean, I know a lot of it, all of us were putting it on, well, they started playing really good defenses. Well, yeah, that was part of it. They also weren't executing at the same level. I think this is more of an execution level than I think it is, um, fate, you know, teams catching up to them. Because you, you you basically turn the ball over three times and then you have that fourth down stop. That's four opportunities right there. And, and you, well, not maybe not you, but when – Tua is on the field, and they're driving down the field. They'll generally get themselves in scoring opportunities, um, as long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot with penalties and false starts, and you know, and, and, and negative plays. But that hasn't been the case for the last month, and or at least they've gotten off to a slow start in some of these games, and and then they've had to get it into gear. Now this is the first time that we saw them at home. Yeah, I think it was Carolina that they started out slow and then finally got their act together. Um, This time, even though they put up a ton of yardage, I'm not going to say that the Dolphins got their act together. What they did is they got carried by the defense, which is something that's impressive and hopefully will continue to be consistent. And for the record, I expected their performance against the Raiders to, to skyrocket them into the top 10. Uh, In terms of defensive statistics, it just left them right there at 12. Um, So uh, obviously some of those other top defenses, they had some good defensive performances as well. Um, But I think that this is a top 10 defense, if not a top five defense, the way that they're playing, as long as nobody gets injured. um, I I, I think you've got a lot of pieces and you're seeing a lot of synergy being, being, being made. I'd love to see Xavier Howard play up to the level and talent that he has. Uh, I'd love to see um, the, the, the next level for these safeties. Not gonna call any names. They're all good, but you know, let 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 
the, the, no, we're not we're not gonna call any names. They're all good. They're all very, very good. Um, no, man. I'd love to see them make impactful plays and game-changing plays. And then, and then, uh, you know, I liked what I saw from Raekwon Davis, but I think he needs to get into the mix as well because I'm sorry, you can't have Christian and Zach Seeler playing at that high level and volume of snaps that they're playing at right now at this pace. You you got to get Raekwon in there for at least 20-something snaps. He was in there for 20-something snaps yesterday. I know, I know. You got to continue to do it, and and not just do it against the against the running teams. And I know he'll play a lot this week because it's a running team, and they basically have nothing better to do other than run the football. But I think Raekwon should be in that regular rotation, getting more 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 involved in in the pass rushing st- standpoint. And I know it, it 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 takes Christian or takes Zach off the field, but ultimately. If those players rest five more snaps, they'll play harder for five more snaps. You're, you're not buying that theory? You're no. Like, well, I'm buying the theory that I don't like necessarily the high number of snaps that Wilkins and Sealer are playing, but they're performing at, at a really high level. I mean, they are. They are. Christian, nope. that, was, that was in the fourth quarter where he chased down Hunter Renfro from behind. I mean, that's, you know that's what Christian can do. That, that, that's I know that's what I'm saying. Omar, if we if we're saying we're concerned about the amount of work that he's getting, that that didn't look like a guy who was overtasked. Because that, that I mean, was, are you not concerned about the amount of work that he's getting? To a certain uh, degree, but again, the performance is there. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the whole thing with the defense. I know that some people were complaining that they weren't getting enough pressure on the. They got pressure. No, I know they got pressure. Oh, hold on, they, they weren't getting enough pressure against the Raiders. When we finished, they had the one breakdown where Deshaun Elliott got his feet tangled and fell while he was covering deep. Outside of that, I mean, outside of that, the, the Raiders barely got would have barely gotten two hundred yards of, of of offense. And then the, of the correct, and then the Dolphins' offense in the fourth quarter when they needed to close the, the door went three and out, three and out, and then one first down, and then had to punt. That is not good enough. And this is where, to me, the running game issues come into play. Mm-hmm. Where there's – and the Toronto Armstead talked after the game about, it, like, it's us to, it's up to us to get the coaches to trust in our ability to block and to perform in the running game. Or maybe it's up to Mike McDaniel to give him more of a chance. Uh, and somebody needs to tell him it's okay to run on third and one or fourth and one. Uh, not when I have that quarterback and that accuracy. Sorry, I they haven't earned my confidence. Oh, for, for two yesterday. Oh, for two yesterday. I know. And and the third and one was a poor throw. And the fourth and one was blown up because River Craycraft let the DB get inside of him when Tua released the ball, so he so he was on Tyreek immediately. Um, yeah, I mean that's no offense, but that uh, Tua can be as accurate as you want. That's completely ridiculous to say you're not going to run on third and one because you have an accurate quarterback. I'm sorry, I'm that, that that's yeah. Uh, again, two more, too many more things have to happen right to, for a pass play to work than a running play, where you can just, especially if you're a physical offense. I don't know how to go straight forward. We're, we're gonna we're gonna block with these cards. Forward. Come on, man. What 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 what? 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 Come on, man. What? So you're basically saying the Dolphins should give up on running in short yardage situations because they have backup guards in the lineup. No, what I'm saying is I understand why Mike Daniel would rather pass in those situations because they have backup guards in the lineup. But it's always been his mo, and that's if I have one complaint with Mike McDaniel as a play caller, that's it. 
that's always been his MO. And the Dolphins, with all the respect, have sucked on third and short and fourth and short for the past two years. And they run, they, they throw it more than just about any team in the NFL when the last time I did my research on this. So, um, but again, this is where the Dolphins were able to take advantage of this kind of schedule last year. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be able to do the same this year with the Jets twice. Who A hemorrhaging Jets team. Bad. I mean, the, I, I, you just I, I, I saw a little bit of their game against Buffalo. They can't do a thing offensively. They cannot do a thing offensively. And their defense, and this reminds me, I'm old enough, for, for you Dolphin fans who go back to 2004, that that defense actually wasn't bad at all, but the offense was so bad. This was a year Ricky bailed out on the team right before the start of training camp. They had a QB battle between A.J. Feely and Jay Fiedler. Jay Fiedler won the battle, got benched at halftime of the opener in a game they were losing 7-0. They wind up losing 17-7. They wind up making a QB change to A.J. Feely, go back to Jay Fiedler, the running game's averaging 3.1 yards per carry. And eventually it just wore down that defense, which was actually good, to the point where all of a sudden it's like a dam that bursts open because you just can't hold it up that long. Yeah, and we, we've seen that over the years in Dolphins. Don't don't, don't just blame that on Jay Fiedler. We, we had that during the Chad Haney era. We had that during – It wasn't the- Jay Fiedler, but it also wasn't – there was never a time where it was that bad, where that 2004 Dolphin defense was good – and became mm-hmm. really, really became bad because it was always on the field. And they wound up 31st in the NFL in rushing defense. Why? Because they were always trailing in opposing teams and kept running the ball because they didn't have to throw it. So the yardage was skewed because of that. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what that's what's happening with the Jets. Do you remember that? Do you remember the game in 2021, the Monday night game against the Saints, where half their team was out because of COVID and Ian Book had to be the starting quarterback? Yeah. And they but they had more of their guys on defense and Dolphins won 20 to 3 without really playing particularly well and Nick Needham superstar had the pick six. This this game against the Jets on Friday completely reminds me of that game. Well, we haven't even seen it yet. Mr. Boyle could this could be his one mind one shining moment, one one moment to show that he's a NFL caliber. He's a Mike White. Um, it, it, which is interesting because we actually have a first and 10 with Mike White coming down the pipeline. So hopefully you fans will, will who enjoy first and 10, even though I, I know you're lying to me because you didn't watch the Jeff Wilson first and 10, um, which, which is there. Um, but we, we've got that coming down the pipeline this week. Mike, uh, who, who interestingly enough said, uh, the hardest thing in the NFL to do is to be the backup quarterback and get in there fresh without any work. Just throw him in there and any work and any warm up, which I can totally understand his perspective, which is why that question is always from your perspective. What is the hardest thing to do? So. What is the hardest thing to do from my perspective? Well, the things I could say that I'm not going to say. What <laughs> <laughs> up with you, Omar? That's the hardest thing I have to do. How's that? Yeah. That, yeah. How's that trust people. Yeah. Uh, Oh man. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Uh, and then, yeah, I think that's pretty much the, the essence. We got a trailer for hard knocks. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote about yeah, it. Uh, have we decided whether or not we're going to do a hard knocks breakdown after the episodes? 
I'm game if you're game. I might be game. I might be game. Tuesday, yeah. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, there'll be a written recap on alldolphins.com and here we go. And then we will have it's our- be a super long episode. I'll just find I'll just they they not hard knocks wasn't I, I did Joe Rose this morning and the Amazon crew was in the studio to 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 catch oh, really? me, me and Joe this morning um sort of to preview the Friday night's game. So look at that look at that look at that you get some hard knocks facetime no it's not hard knocks it's uh amazon prime but oh got it got it got it it's still uh the nfl films crew man they're they're everywhere and i i i wonder how big their crew is because man goodness gracious um but no and austin jackson revealed today that they were with them when the offensive linemen had their weekly dinner in a restaurant in fort lauderdale so they have a weekly dinner offensive linemen yeah, there's not, nothing unusual. Um, um, I didn't know they had a weekly dinner. I did not know yeah. that. I, I knew back in like the 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 Richie Incognito days they had a weekly dinner. Um, but is that all they had? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they they had a, they had they used to harass. Anyway, let's. Start. No, 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 no. We can't go there. Yeah, let, let, let's let, let's not go there. Um, offensive linemen always have the greatest bond, which is, you know, they got they got to work as a cohesive unit. I don't think Austin Jackson gets enough praise for the job that he did against Max Crosby. But uh, as I've said previously, he's having a Pro Bowl caliber season. Hopefully he continues to do that. Um, and, and Dolphin fans give him the recognition, the respect and the apology that he deserves. And vote when the Pro Bowl voting opens up. Which Come on, you know, Dolphin fans not going to vote. That, that's just not what they do. No, that's why Tua won the. That's not why Tua won the fan vote at quarterback last year. Dude, Dolphin fans will. will oh, hey, hey, hey. Tua non will vote. Well, Dolphin Jackson and non Jackson and non needs to get out there and vote for Austin Jackson. Tua fans will vote. Dolphin fans, their history on voting for Pro Bowl and all those things are not very good. You think Tuanon by itself carried Tua to the win? Absolutely. Tuanon is the biggest force in Oh, it is. It is. A, trust me. In, I'm, I'm aware of the force. Yes. Tuanon. Everybody should be scared of Tuanon. Tuanon is a major force in all of sports, rivaled only by Tebow, in my opinion. Tebow mania. Tebow mania. So um, the power of Tuanon, you guys got to swing some of your votes to the other players. You know, the guy. Share the wealth. Share the wealth. Share the wealth. Guy, guy protecting um, um, to his blind side. But it, it, let me let me get your take on this while while we're at it, because I think you've seen it now. The ultra criticalness from Tua, the ultra, I'm letting my team down. Even though I had a 103 quarterback rating, those turnovers were on me. That the, the lack of execution is on me. I have a higher standard and I need to be performing up to my standard and my expectations. What's the question? Is he being too harsh on himself or is this necessary? No, it's not necessary. Uh, I don't need a quarterback beating himself up. Mike Daniel also said that. I certainly don't want a quarterback pointing fingers or absolving himself of all blame like Zach Wilson did last year when they lost to the Jets. Sorry, when they lost to the Patriots 10 to 3, and he was asked whether he felt bad for the defense or felt the need to apologize. 
I mean, at least say something. Um, but no, I don't need. I don't need to have to, uh, because at some point it's almost like it almost becomes too much. It almost like becomes forced. Like, dude, we. If it's on you, go ahead and say it. No problem. Don't point fingers. You don't need to take on everything because it's not not everything. Takes on everything. I know. I understand that. When you asked me what I thought of it, and I said I don't need it. Um. Um. Mike McDaniel spoke before Tua, and Mike McDaniel was saying he was concerned about Tua, especially coming out of the Kansas City Chiefs game, blaming himself, being down on himself, being too critical on himself. Thought he had the best week of practice. And then, obviously, the team performed like they did. Tua comes out, even doubled down on how, you know, he felt like he failed his team. When? When did we talk about? Yesterday. And... You know, we're talking strictly the turnovers or we're talking offense in general, offense in general and the turnovers, offense in general. And I was just like, hmm, now I kind of see what Mike McDaniel's a little bit worried about the ultra critical Tua. I was like, hmm. As long as it does, to, to me, it's irrelevant as long as it doesn't affect how he plays and if it makes him hesitant in what he does on the field. If it's just going to be, yeah. Tua beating himself up for no reason after a game, especially a game they won. And it wasn't like it wasn't like he was brutal because he wasn't. Uh I mean his performance what did it was there was there were some blotches on it, but it was overall a pretty solid performance. So that there no, there's no need for him to like be that hard on himself. And it'll be interesting, something that we monitor, but obviously they don't want this season to tailspin out of positioning and control like it happened last season. And obviously they're at the exact same critical point where their season kind of went down the drain. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they respond. Obviously, I don't know what the line is on this Jets game, but I'm pretty sure it's seven. Yep. Oh, I, that, though, you know what, though? I think it actually might have gone up even more after the news of the quarterback change came down i think i saw somewhere it might be up to nine and a half now interesting man these dolphins boy, they're, they're double digit favorites every single week it's a weird position to be in as somebody who covers this franchise but this is where we are they're, Our, a, good team. they're a good team now so yeah let's enjoy it well tomorrow we will have antoine staley one of our former colleagues that cover the dolphins on behind enemy lines always a good episode look forward to that um, and then, as I told you, we got the Mike White first and 10 coming down the pipeline. There's already a Jeff Wilson first and 10 in the pipeline. Check it out. You guys say you love those things, so please watch them. And as you know, you can find all of the All Dolphins coverage, all, all of our coverage at alldolphins.com. Um, we will be back tomorrow and then the next day and then the next day and then the next day because, you know, we love you. We're, we're going to be doing an episode on Thanksgiving, too. Uh, well, if we do one, it'll be in the morning. All right. Absolutely. Before your turkey. Well, we thank you and we appreciate you. We will see you manana.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.